<laughs> Are you ready for the end of the world? <laughs> this too much of a joke show there. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> that joke show got us laughing. Yeah. Was that it for the th- the promos? Yeah, that was it. They go by quickly when you're still laughing from the show. What do you call it? I woke up really well this morning because um, it's too cold to ride a bicycle. Yeah, <laughs> Just like, it's too cold. Come in here. Yeah. Well, this is Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again. The circle of family, the circle of friends, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. This is Your Community Spirit on Your Community Radio. My name is Tree Song. And this is Ord to Energy Mon. Yes. I'm glad we didn't turn on the radio when you were telling the punchline or whatever joke that was. <laughs> just, it wasn't a joke. But yeah. It was, it was a funny story. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that was a funny show we had uh, before us. Uh, I don't know if we can match that level of humor, but we will try. It's like... We always try well, to... Wait, what are we? A doom and gloom with enough s- sense of humor to slather your brain? Yeah. <laughs> so, is that like our... Like, unofficial tagline? I think so, because we, gris.org, where we get a good portion of our stories, has a saying kind of like that. I think theirs is just doom and gloom with a sense of humor. Yeah, ours is with enough to slather your brain to make it so you can't hear anymore, right? <laughs> yeah. So. You'll be so hard, laughing so hard you forget the tears. Did people get a chance to get out last weekend into the forest before it turned winter? Hmm. Good question. I've had people posting, um, Things like um, Fifty Shades of Grey from a picture in Chicago uh-huh. of the w- weather there. Yeah. To my heater came on in Springfield, you know, with a very sad, frowny face. Yeah. So all the people who were saying it was too hot, it's a good time now because I-, I like cold weather. Yeah. I mean, you can always put more clothes on. You can only get so naked. I mean, <laughs> it's just like... We're still in a pretty good range right now. So... You will have to talk. <laughs> okay, yeah. So this is one, you may remember, we just talked about a story about these two climate activists who had a, a tugboat. And oh, they, yeah, where they, where they stopped. The, yeah, they stopped a shipment of coal. Well, the main issue with that one was their defense. Yeah, their defense, it made news because their defense was going to be the necessity defense, saying that, you know, what we did was necessary in order to prevent this greater harm. Well, it turns out that defense went over pretty well. So they, so they literally stopped a coal tanker from unloading. Yeah, they physically stopped it with putting a boat in the way. For like a day. Yeah. And then they got charged with um, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I mean, it sounded like they are going to throw the books at them, like possibly years in prison and tens of thousands of dollars of fines. But charges were just dropped against these climate activists in the most stunning way. On Monday, outside the Fall River Justice Center near the border of Rhode Island, Bristol County District Attorney Sam Sutter addressed a gaggle of Eagle reporters who were gathered for what they thought would be a multi-day hearing for two men who blocked a 40,000-ton shipment of coal from reaching the... That takes some power. Yeah. 40,000 tons. 40,000 tons. And it was a little boat, too. It just takes one little boat to stop all those tons of coal. So they were blocking them last May from reaching their port. However, Sutter shocked everyone by dropping the charges in under an hour. What? Yes, the district attorney okay, dropped Okay, I'm a little charges. shocked by that. <laughs> yeah, shocking everyone, including Southern Illinoisans. <laughs> so, uh... I mean, yeah. they delayed this delivery of coal for 
a whole day. Yeah, they delayed it for a day. They incurred a lot of charges. Does this mean it opens up people to, like, literally block railroad cars of coal? It may. At the very least, it opens it up as a defense. There have been people who haven't even tried it because they thought, oh, the judge isn't even going to consider this. You know, they, they're not considering environmental issues as being worthy of a necessity defense. They narrow, they have tended in the past to narrow it down to things like there's a burning building and you broke a door, so therefore it was necessary to break the door. But, you know, the judge accepted it as a defense and the district attorney looked at that and was like, well, I can't win this case. I'm just going to reduce the charges to, you know, civil instead of criminal. So Sutter shocked everyone by dropping the charges in under an hour leaving the group anxious to understand what led his decisions to reduce the conspiracy, disturbing the peace, and two other civil disobedience charges against the climate activists. So, I mean, they're still being charged with doing things, but they're not being charged with major crime. Yeah, they're not being charged with major crime. Okay. They're not I mean, facing jail time. Um, I Let's see, I don't see it in this article, but they I believe they still are expected to pay some fairly small fee for the, the police time, police services that were spent. So they had- I mean the interesting quote was literally from the the district attorney Sam Sutter this is his quote quote climate change is one of the gravest crises our planet has ever faced he said after explaining that the decision was made with the interest of the people of the whole county in mind in my humble opinion the political leadership on this issue has been gravely lacking mm-hmm. So it was, it's literally his opinion. So yeah. really it didn't go, you know, all the way to law. Yeah. So I mean, just because one person in one county doesn't mean, but it does send a message. Yeah. Yeah, it sends a message and it also, yeah, I don't see this one listed in this story either, but the judge did allow them to take that defense, which is believed to be part of why the district attorney chose to take this course of action. Like if the, if, you know, the judge basically was saying, okay, we'll do this as a necessity defense. And the district attorney was like, well, if we're allowing necessity defense, then they just, I'm not going to charge them. So, yeah. So as, as in all instances, here's a quote, as in all instances, I first had to consider the people of Bristol County, Sutter told Think Progress on Tuesday. In addition to that, I had to give strong consideration to the cause that led to the act of civil disobedience. Now, a question, is he elected official? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. I, I, believe so but aren't the county you know that would be we need to we need to send this to paul and have him do a whole uh show but we say that about everything we talk about (laughs) yeah anything related to law we're like well we'll let paul figure that out (laughs) he's got a law show maybe he'll do it paul is the show right before ours called light on the law so yeah here's one of the great things like when i was reading this it's like moment after moment that blows you away this district attorney sutter uh, emerged from the Justice Center with a copy of a recent essay by climate author and activist Bill McKibben in hand. He said he found McKibben to be inspirational and that he believes, quote, sand is moving through the hourglass when it comes to climate change. So, yeah, so not only he w- not only did he let them off with, you know, civil charges of fine, he also had a copy of Bill McKibben's argument in Rolling Stone saying that we should act on climate change. Now, in a kind of another good news, the fracking rules came out and the industry is freaking out because there's actual rules. <laughs> you know, I mean, the environmentalists say it's not strict enough, of course, but the the fracking industry people are 
really flipping out. Yeah. I mean, the only thing everybody seems to agree on at the moment is nobody likes the rules. <laughs> so then it's pretty good. <laughs> Just like, um, supporters of high volume oil and gas ext- extraction said Wednesday that they'll seek dozens of changes in proposed rules governing the practice in Illinois that they believe violate a hard won compromise between industry and environmentalists. A coalition of industry groups will outline more than 65 areas of concern to a legislative panel that must decide whether the rules, written by the Department of Natural Resources, to implement a new hydraulic fracturing law can take into effect as written, said Mark Denzler, vice president of the Illinois Manufacturers Association. Now, the DNR reworded some rules after receiving more than 30,000 comments on its original draft and submitted the new version on August 29th. Now, the Joint Committee on Legislative Rules, the JCAR, has 45 days to approve the rules, reject them, or ask for changes. Now, among the objections from the industry, new language says the DNR can consider the cumulative health and environmental impact of multiple wells when evaluating a permit for a single well. Okay, well, that makes sense. Yeah. Which Denzler said was dismissed during negotiations over the law. Yeah, that was one of the things that really got to me about this story. That means that when they were negotiating the law, the environmentalist said, all right, when we pass, when we let these wells go through, we need to consider the cumulative impacts of fracking. And the industry said no. We will not accept this law unless you re- don't, because if you analyze the cumulative impacts of fracking, of course, you're not going to well, have anybody. Well, cumulative permits. impacts of anything, it's like, if you just figure out the pollution from one car, it's not much. Yeah, but all but, of them put together, right, it'll it, kill us it all. It adds up. It's <laughs> yeah. just like, one stab wound, okay, you know. You, you might survive, yeah, yeah. you know. But 20. <laughs> well, let's not test that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, let's not test that theory. So... I mean, or test the theory of, you know, one well is okay, but a thousand wells are not. Yeah. I mean, okay. We can sort of do the math without actually doing the science experiment on the people of southern Illinois. So, I mean, if they're going back, I mean, environmentalists are going to push for, you know, making the law stronger, and industry is going to make it be pushed for to make it weaker. Yeah. I feel like J-Car is going to get a headache from being... (laughs) <laughs> argued at by everyone in the entire state. Yeah, but I mean, they are the legislative law. I mean, so yeah, it has to. It has to not be emotional. Yeah, it's supposed to not be emotional. Well, a lot of people don't know that in Illinois, the Article 11 of the Constitution says that we have a right to environmental protection. It actually mentions the environment and says that we have a right to seek that protection. You know, and so if you pass a bill that harms us, you know, poisons people then that violates Article 11. Well, I mean, isn't our state the second as far as production of agriculture? You know... We've got a lot of agriculture. After I don't California, know exactly. I, th- I want to say we're, we're second. High. And... Yeah, I don't know. If if we pollute the water, how that'll affect... Yeah. You know... Well, I know. In addition to the fact that people drink the water, there are industries... Oh, yeah. Here what about the drinking of the water? It just... <laughs> Yeah. I was thinking of business. We're business, like business-like. Yeah. This is business. like... Well, all this, about, they're talking about how this will improve business. Yeah. If you think of all the wineries, all the breweries, you know, that sort of thing. It also can reduce property values, too, having fracking right in your backyard. People are like, oh, I don't want to live next to a fracking well. Well, so. from the environmental side, 
They say that the DNR has failed to define when water is polluted. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, you know, what percentage of pollution? I mean, that's the thing is we're allowed to say what percentage of, you know, radiation or pollution can be in almost anything. Yeah. Here's but, one of my tests for if water is polluted. You you do a report on what's in the water, then you pass it over to the, the DNR representatives and the politicians and say, here, do you want to drink this? Well, if it's and only if, one glass, it's not going to hurt <laughs> you. If they're like... No, I'm not going to drink that. It's polluted. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> here's what's in this water. Yeah. It's Do like, you drink it? Here's what again, we're drink one glass of polluted water is not going to hurt you. Yeah, but a lot will. I mean, that's like, when I was growing up, my dad always said, if you're eating dinner at someone's house, even if it's something you don't like, you be courteous. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Once is not going to hurt you. Yeah. And so even my little sister, who is vegetarian, you know, she, if it had, she wouldn't eat, like, the pot roast, but if it had a little meat in something, she wouldn't turn it down because that's discourteous. So one little thing isn't going to kill you. Yeah. But, but it adds cumulative, up. that's cumulative. the important part. Cumulative health impacts. You know. So I, I do, this is my personal view, I do consider it important to examine cumulative health impacts. Call me crazy. Um... I don't want to call you crazy because that would mean that <laughs> the rest of us are normal. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, and nowadays, dealing with climate change is the new normal. Yeah. This legendary accounting firm ran the numbers on climate change. This is actually when I do a presentation on um, climate. I had a, one slide in there that showed the increased cost from an insurance company. Mm-hmm. What they're spending on climate change. Yeah. Um, with every year that passed, we're put, getting further away from averting a human-caused climate disaster. That's the key message in this year's Low Carbon Economy Index, a report released by the accounting giant PricewaterhouseCoopers. Now, if you'd like a copy of this report, send us an email, info at yourcommunityspirit.org, and we'll send you... You know, the link to the report. I'm sure I don't want to send you the whole report because they're usually pretty big. Yeah. Let's synopsize. The report highlights an quote-unquote unmistakable trend. The world's major economies are increasingly failing to do what's needed to limit global warming to 3.6 degrees Fahrenheit above pre-industrial levels. That was the target agreed by countries attending the United Nations 2009 Climate Summit. It re- represents an effort to avoid some of the most disastrous consequences of runaway warming, including food security, extreme weather events, ecosystem threats, and widespread species extinction. Now, I don't know. Do you think it will um, cause our species to go extinct? <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, but it might kill a lot of us. Yeah. So if all those other species go, we'll certainly be at risk. We may not have as as comfortable of a life as we do now. To curtail climate change, individual countries have made a variety of pledges to reduce their share of emissions, but taken together, these promises simply aren't enough. According to the PricewaterhouseCoopers report, quote, the gap between what we are doing and what we need has again grown for the sixth year running. The report states that at current rates, we're heading towards 7.2 degrees Fahrenheit of warming by the end of the century, twice 
the agreed upon rate. Yeah. Now, how do I make this funny? <laughs> just like, well, it's it's funny. It's like sort of funny in the ironic sense that nobody's doing more about it. It's like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I, they thought the summer wasn't hot enough. Like you know, another seven degrees, maybe. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, we in the U.S. actually ended up doing a bunch of stuff because the economy fell apart. Yeah. So we quit spending so much. Uh, so we accidentally reduced our carbon emissions for a while there. But now that the economy's allegedly picking up. But we're still adding, you know, instead yeah. of doing, you know, double digit growth each year in pollution, we dropped the single digits because our economy went down. Yeah. But and we're like, yay, we're only polluting 1% more than we used to. <laughs> just, Aren't we so good? But we need to turn it into negative. So. Yeah. Well, and it is important how they point out that. The longer it goes on, the harder it is to, to shift. You know, like, if we start changing Accumulative. Now, yeah, that's cumulative like the, that's, impacts. That's the trend of our show today. Yeah, cumulative. It's like, and that's p- hard to quantify. I mean, they've tried to do that in, um, you know, pollution-strown areas, and they've had class-action lawsuits, and people are like, you know, everybody in this area has high rates of cancer. Yeah. But you can't prove it. They're like, well, you can't prove we polluted and that caused you guys 20 <laughs> yeah. years later to it's have like cancer. Correlation and causality. Like, well, yeah, I mean, if it happens in enough places, you can start to prove it, but it is a challenge. This is a story related just to that. Living close to a fracking well could have given you that rash. Um, I'm not talking about my <laughs> rash on the radio show. Yeah, not that rash. <laughs> uh, a new study from Yale University claimed by the lead author to be the largest of its kind. The largest rash? Yeah, the largest rash. The largest study. Uh, it shows a correlation between living in proximity to a fracking well and symptoms of skin and upper respiratory problems. The study, which was published this, earlier this week, surveyed 180 households in Washington County, Pennsylvania, which lies about 30 miles south of Pittsburgh, and has developed into a hotbed of fracking activity in recent years. The county now plays host to more than 1,000 wells. 1,000 wells in one, one county. county. Imagine. And that's where they don't want the cumulative effects. <laughs> yeah, they're it, like, let's put in 1,000 wells in a single county and, and let's not o- study the yeah, cumulative Yeah, only study effects. one at a time. Like, yeah. this one will do nothing. Yeah, I keep thinking of analogies like, you know, let me punch you 100 times and not consider the cumulative effects of 100 punches. So this study actually specifically sampled houses dependent on ground-fed water wells, which can be susceptible to contamination from chemicals used in fracking. The results, those who lived less than 0.6 miles away from a well were twice... Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah, they were twice as likely... To Uh, report health issues as their friends who lived over 1.2 miles from it. Yeah. And as anyone who's ever half-dozed through a semester of Economy 101... Well, correlation does not simply imply causation. Yeah. That's what you were talking about. Yeah, and it's true. It's it's very important to keep in mind. But it is a cause for further research because, I mean, in this case, you can have a, a strong guess as to why people who live closer to fracking may have higher rates. Now we're just talking about one well. Yeah. <laughs> now we're talking a thousand times that. A thousand times In that, one yeah. county. So, and we know that pollution can go a long ways with water because, you know, water moves. 
<laughs> it's just like, yeah. that is a proven fact. Yes, water does move. It flows. So There's no stopping it. <laughs> so, yeah. And there's no stopping solar. No Especially stopping when, solar. Yeah, I mean, big companies are investing a lot of money into solar. Yeah, they're really so. starting to. Google just invested... Is this? <laughs> each time I see this, I question myself if it's correct. 145 million dollars in Kern County solar project. Okay, that's just one project. That's one. Project. I was going to say 145 million isn't yeah. much. I mean, the solar energy is big. It's got a lot more than that in it. But just a single project, one company, Google, 145 million dollars. I got a project they can invest in. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's just 145 like, million. It's not here. big enough though. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, not yet. They put in 145 million. <laughs> just then it'll be big enough. So they invested this in a solar power plant on a former oil and gas field near Bakersfield. Well, they they need to make sure Bakersfield, in Bakersfield, turned the solar industry on its head because mm-hmm. there was a giant fire on the target there. Oh, okay. They found out that there was uh, solar um, modules that were uh, made in China and not tested to U.S. standards mm. oh, and yeah. caught on fire. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Baker, we call it the Bakersfield Fire because Bakersfield Fire. <laughs> it made it so that uh, new rules came into place for f- fire safety rules. Oh yeah, which were funny because they were already in place if you just followed the existing rules, but now there's rules upon rules. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it's like it's. I mean, one of the rules is basically you can't fill up the whole roof with solar. You have to have area around for the firefighters to walk around the edge of the roof. Yeah, you know so. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Probably a good plan. <laughs> Just like... So, like, yeah. Okay, back to Bakersfield. Back to Bakersfield. This is an 82-megawatt project. <whistles> it will feed enough power into the grid for 10,000 homes, depending on the consumption of the homes, Google said. It's expected to bring 650 jobs to Kern County. Hey, this is like the project that they're trying to do here in Carbondale area mm. on a former brownfield. Yeah. Put solar on top of it. Yeah. And so, you know, Google it wants to do it there, you know. So if we ever get um, permission to go ahead here, hey, maybe we can Google, get Google. Will invest. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. I mean, the thing is, is solar projects are a solid return on investment. Mm-hmm. People, I mean, they know that the sun's going to shine. Yeah. <laughs> and they know the part, all the parts that are in a solar project, they're all solid state. There's like no moving yeah, parts. No moving parts. So, so it's like. If there's unless uh, a meteor strikes your building, <laughs> just like lightning be, sometimes hits. Yeah, stuff. lightning can do it too. But that does it for anything. <laughs> yeah. Just like I don't know. I keep having to re-scroll this down. Oh it's yeah. Like, well, they just pops to the top. Yeah, they broke ground on the project in December. It'll begin operation later this year, and will sell power to Southern California Edison through a twenty-year purchase agreement. It's uh, Regulus is the 17th renewable energy project Google has invested in since 2010. Five of those investments have been in California, including 103 million for a solar farm in Imperial County and 94 million for four solar projects near Sacramento. Well, Google is really into solar, it would seem. Well, I mean, both for the clean energy, but also for the, you know, I mean, the thing is, is they're investing in something that has a 25-year power warranty. Yeah. And so, you know. Basically, well, I have solar panels that are 35 years old and are still producing. Yeah. So it's like if you have extra money sitting around, 
you invested in something that's you know they're thinking long term. Yeah, bringing in long term reliable. Yeah, and that's part of the idea of being a social entrepreneur is you do things that are helpful in a certain way, but also earn a profit so that it's worth your time. And part of it is Google wants to brag that you know they're investing in these projects to offset their how much energy they use. <laughs> yeah, they so use a lot. They're, of they're finally like you know that's actually one of the things here. The tech giant says this is far more electricity than it consumes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And is enough to power all the public elementary schools. <laughs> this is like definitely a press release. Yeah. In New York, Oregon, and Wyoming for one year. <laughs> so just. <laughs> yeah. Google's, so, Google's got to They don't the talk anything about make... how, hey, this is going to make us money. Yeah. They're talking about <laughs> this makes us clean. Yeah. <laughs> but it does. So it's a double green. Yeah. Makes you green for your pocket. It's like and actually, that's a lot of <laughs> that's big pockets. Yeah, <laughs> just like, Google has big pockets. Yeah, so oh so, my goodness, almost running out of time. Today's got, today's chocolate milkshake day. Oh, chocolate milkshake day. Oh, I've got to go home and have a chocolate milkshake. It's also National Video Games Day. Oh, I I could I'll just <laughs> call in sick to work. <laughs> just, I'll just play video games all day. Just Here like chocolate, chocolate milkshake. Milk well, you're you're not supposed to really do like sticky <laughs> stuff around keyboards and stuff. Yeah, does you, that stop you? Yeah, no, it's, you create quite a mess that way, but people do it anyway. <laughs> so Saturday is Defy Superstition Day, but it's also Fortune Cookie Day. It's also Positive Thinking Day. Yeah. So. So you could get your fortune cookie and defy the superstition of it. And Saturday is Uncle Sam Day. His image was first used in 1813. Huh. You so, mean he really isn't the father of our country? I thought he was. I, I guess not. He's just a character. <laughs> he is a character. Yeah. Yeah, Uncle Sam's quite a character. <laughs> All right. So National Creamfield Donut Day on Sunday. And National Pet Memorial Day. Monday is Make a Hat Day and Felt Hat Day. Mm. So on this day, men traditionally put away their felt hats. And what do they switch to, huh? Yeah. And Tuesday is American Legion Day, Collect Rocks Day, Step Family Day. Lots of holidays coming up on Tuesday. Mexican Independence Day, National Play-Doh Day, Working Parents Day. It's very good to celebrate working parents. They, parenting is a full-time job. So you go, you do a full-time job, and then you come home and do a full-time job. Yeah. I have a lot of respect for working parents. All right, some happenings. If you pick up today's nightlife, there's a pretty detailed article about, let me see if I can pronounce this right, the Pure Hipicha Cultural Event. Those who attend the Pure Hipicha Cultural Event will see a variety of art, a lot of live music, and dancing. This year, they're having three different groups. One is the craftsmen and women. They make, um, you know, textiles and woodwork. They make beautiful items that will be showing during the festival. Then there'll be groups of dancers. And so um, the dancers are people who learn traditional dancing. And then there'll be a music group that plays, sings, and interprets music that is the original language that is the per- Hipicha language, and um, that—that's like the um, isn't the Purapicha a group of Indians from uh, Mexico? Okay, yeah, I think so. So it's a pretty detailed thing. The festival is all weekend at the Cobden City Park. Um, again, from noon until seven, 
Yes, so, and more um, details in the nightlife, right? Yeah, really detailed. And if you miss it this weekend, the Purapicha uh, dancers from Michoacan will be Tuesday, 7 to 9 p.m. at the Long Branch Coffee House. So, oh, that's cool. So you get to see some traditional um, native Indian dances from Mexico. Yeah. So we've got the Carbondale Community Farmer's Market also coming up this Saturday from 8 a.m. to noon over at the Carbondale Community High School. Local foods, local crafts, all sorts of goodies over there at the Farmer's Market. Oh, and I actually want to mention this next one because I want to do it in my, my monster truck rally voice. Sunday, 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 6th Annual uh, LGBTQ. We're going to have to do that better. That was, that was kind of weak. <laughs> okay, let's try this again. <laughs> I know you can do it. I can do it. Sunday, 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 6th Annual LGBTQ Pride Picnic. Coming up on Sunday at the Church of the Good Shepherd. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just yeah. Like... Maybe I could record the promos for it next year. <laughs> just... So yeah, it's coming up on Sunday. It's uh, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. over at Church of the Good Shepherd, 515 Orchard Drive. I want to see if I can say this. This free, family-friendly, fun-filled event. Hey, yeah, you got it. I got all the Fs there. Pretty good. <laughs> yes. It's like, um, oh. We'll include lots of <laughs> local entertainment, great food, guest speakers, games, and prizes. So this is all day from 11 to 5? Yeah. So It's a good time. I've been to that before. It's it's a good celebration of the they LGBT community. They have a bouncy house. They got face painting. They have dances from a bunch of different bands. Yeah. Um, including the V2T2 Cabaret, a blues duo, and a teen band. And then there's all kinds of stuff as part of the picnic. All right. Yeah. <laughs> all of it packed into one event. That's pretty exciting. Next Tuesday at the Gaia House, it's the Registered Student Organization meeting. If you would like a great opportunity to meet other students, organize new student events, network with other student leaders, and earn volunteer hours, or simply spend time with your fellow students in a relaxed social environment, the Guy House RSO meets the first and third Tuesdays at 4.15. More information, director at ourguyhouse.org. Yes. Also coming up, we have the Sustainable Vegetable Farm on SIU campus. They're having a campus market on Wednesdays from noon to 4 p.m. And they've got two locations this year at the Fainer Breezeway and the Ag Building. So it's an exciting time. It's produce from campus and students and faculty and staff. Welcome to go and get some. On Thursday, Faith in the Environment at the Guy House Interface Center held the third Thursday of each month at 7 p.m. Yeah. It's a good opportunity for discussion of the environment and how it relates to our beliefs and convictions. Will do. That's been another exciting and informative half hour of your community spirit. Please Email us, info at yourcommunityspirit.org, about your happenings, what you thought of our show, and if you would like to be on our newsletter that has the links to everything we've talked about. Yes. In the meantime, it's a little cooler out there, so it's actually pretty nice. I mean, cloudy. I don't mind the clouds. <laughs> so, hope you enjoy it out there. We will see you here next week on the radio.